Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and getting back to the normal way of doing things in the J Radio studio is once again Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love to poke fun at ourselves. Yeah. You know, we were 37 minutes into this podcast and realized we never hit record. So yeah. We're, we're doing this for a second time this morning, but it's all good. We're in the J Radio studios. Yeah. Fall is here. Kids are getting back to school. Things are getting back to normal. I, I love I love turning the turning the page to a new season. Yeah, I do too. You know, the Olympics come and go. The Olympics are gone now, but um, the Run for God podcast will live on. Seventy three episodes into it. Crazy, huh? Did you did you ever think we would still be here seventy three episodes later? I hoped we would, but I did too. And you know, I guess my thing is I, I don't know that I if you'd have told me we were going to be 73 episodes in and we wouldn't miss a single week right. during that whole time. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That, Schedules. that I would have been surprised about. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that's, that's awesome. Hey, have you ever been interrupted in the middle of something that you're enjoying? Well, we're going to talk about a story from Rhonda Williams, a great household run for God name, uh, about how we should look at those maybe a little differently than we sometimes do. And then we're going to talk about how everything we do affects everything else we do yeah so well before we do that let's talk about this week's sponsor you know if you own a business out there and you want run for god to to partner with run for god and we promote your business on this podcast and through other venues send an email to run lane hollis at gmail.com lane is the one we talk about on here a lot he's my son uh he kind of handles the whole uh partnership side of things so send an email out to him he'll get you all the details we would love to to help uh, promote your business but this week's business is barton dentistry billy barton's a great friend of ours uh, barton dentistry which is located right here in dalton georgia is the best location for your dental needs billy barton the owner and one of our friends will guarantee that your needs are met with excellence you can call him at 706-226-3404 or go visit him at 1435 broderick Rive. Broderick Drive right here in Dalton, Georgia. So thanks to Billy, all the staff over there at Barton Dentistry. Uh, they do a great job. So if you're in this area, go see him. Yeah. You know what I found out about Billy? What's that? I found out that if you if you are in need of dental work, mm-hmm. that he won't call me and tell me I need to come in. Then I'm, I actually have to take it upon myself to do that. I was funny how that works. Yeah, I, I guess maybe I was hoping for a house call or something. I don't yeah. know, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm not not good about following through on my dental work. Uh, that's for sure. But when you do, you go to Billy. You go to Billy because Billy's a good guy and does a good job. Um, all right. How about a Facebook post from this past week? This one is timely. It comes from Carrie Pearson King. Uh, and she sent it on August 1st. Um, and it was it was this. Six miles before church, ending at the school track with the sun rising over our chapel. Yep, it never fails. August 1st causes a mental shift where my thoughts begin to become more school-focused. Should I be surprised I spent much of my time this morning praying for these final days of summer and our transition to school? Parents, praying for us as we begin to help our kiddos make the shift to school. Early wake up, school supplies, commitments ramping up. One goal for me tomorrow is getting soccer, cross country, and band events in the calendar. 
teachers, admin, staff, coaches, homeschooling parents, our schedules are about to shift. May the habits we've created this summer be a blessing in this new academic year. May the miles we spend running, walking, and seeking Him help us to do what He's called us to do with our student athletes this this year. Um, yeah, and to God be the glory, she says. It's a great sentiment. It it's, is. Uh, it's, it is that time of year. I know that uh, we talked about kind of getting back to normal here, and mm-hmm. school is a, is a thing that it's kind of a refreshing every year, but it's it's kind of back to the routine. And Well, I'm a creature of habit. Yeah. You know that. I, mm-hmm. I love a schedule. I love to, to know what I'm doing each day, but it seems like summertime, it's just kids in the house, and I love my kids, but I'm ready for them to get out of the house. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and get back on a schedule and and lane starting college this year that's going to be a different experience he's going to have to learn to budget his time um because it's it's a funny thing about college professors they don't care if you do the homework or not (laughs) it's true they'll just give you the appropriate grade so i think that's going to be a big learning curve that yeah the homework in general from what i'm understanding is uh because he just didn't have much homework in in high school be less class time more home time right yep and, uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. And just so you guys out there know, I'm going to throw Mitchell under the bus a little bit here. Here we go. Here's how much he loves to plan, okay? There is something that he planned recently that is like uh, he planned out like a year's worth of stuff that he wasn't even sure that he was going to use. Okay, so he loves planning so much that just for the fun of it, he'll plan something. He thought he was going to use it. He was pretty sure. And it turns out he's going to. But when he was doing it, he didn't know he was doing it for a good reason or not. So, But I'm ready now. <laughs> that is true. hit the ground running when this thing happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm a planner. I, I love uh, to plan. I, I you know, I even, I even plan spontaneity. You know? <laughs> um, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I love the way that Carrie, she, she kind of includes everybody here, you know, the homeschool kids even, and the, and the, the admin and the coaches and the teachers, everybody involved. Because um, it's all, it's important for everybody to so be. So I'm going to tell you how much I like to plan. I'm just oh, flat is, out interrupting you. This right is not right good. So <clears throat> Lane, starting college, we talked about that. He's got cross country, he's got swim, he's got bike, he's, you know, he's an athlete who's now going to college 30 minutes away, but he's living at home, so time is a real issue and so i was helping him work on his schedule and uh so we we wrote it all out we had his class times we had when he could do his homework we had when his workouts were going to start and and all this stuff for every day because every day's every monday is the same as the next monday so it's why not plan this out and so i was going through this with holly <laughs> and uh i said because I love for our family to have dinner together. I'm just, I'm kind of old-fashioned in that way, but I like us all to sit down. It's, and it's because I love to cook. I love to smoke things, and I'm proud to bring it out and set it on the table. And um, I said, the main reason I did this is just so I know when we're going to have dinner every night. <laughs> I got that look like, that's a little much. That's <laughs> but, I mean... I'm but not going to try to justify it. I just it nothing was, wrong wanting to have dinner as a family every night, right? Uh, but yeah, huh? 
I'm a well, planner, Dean. Well, we talk, we, we're talking about back to school, so we posed an extra trivia question here a couple of weeks ago. Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll get off of your um, uh, rant. Well, your your obsession with with planning. Um, you, you say that like it's a bad thing. A, a obsession with planning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Valerie Johnson sent me this answer to this trivia question. We posed an extra trivia question a couple this is of proof that people a couple of weeks ago. That's right, that's, and that's good because we wonder sometimes, right? Yeah. That's no, we get comments all the time, right. and people really appreciate what we do. and and that's all, those comments are much appreciated. But but seriously, she sent me this link, and we found out because the the question was why are the Summer Olympics not held in the fall or the spring when the weather's better? We found the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, the almighty dollar. <laughs> like everything, it's basically. Did you send Valerie a run club box? Because that was kind of a bonus question. I asked her if she wanted one. Because here's what happened: she answered both trivia questions oh. at the same time. Oh. And so she was uh, on it. Then. She did get a run club box. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So the so it turns out that nothing else is going on in the summertime athletics wise yeah. and so uh, football season hasn't started the the playoffs for baseball hasn't started well triathlon is going on that's true um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, cross country season hasn't started and of course that's the big draw most right. people um, have a hard time getting their eyes glued to television because they're at cross country races right. so exactly. Anyway, uh, but anyway, that's why the Summer Olympics are in the summer. And it turns out that back just 40 or 50 years ago, the Summer Olympics were actually held in October. And so uh, I didn't realize that. So was it still called the Summer Olympics? I assume it was, but I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I think they always called it the Olympic Games, and then they called the Winter Olympics the, the Winter Olympics. I oh, think the Summer Olympics is... a fairly new thing. Yeah. I think so, because I don't ever remember it being called the Summer Olympics when I was a kid. Now, I may be wrong, yeah. but it's been a long time ago, and the memory's not what it used to be. There is one thing on me that works better consistently every single year. Your forgetter. My forgetter works better every year. That's all you need to plan. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, so it's all good. All right. Um, so we did have a trivia question for last week, though. And our trivia question was this. What country has won more gold medals in the Summer Olympics than any other country? And what sport has produced the most medals for that country? I knew this one. Everybody should have known this because they should have known there was an agenda behind it. Right. Right. So, obviously, it's the United States of America. To allow you to talk about track and field. And, obviously, it's track and field. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So, lots and lots of medals to give out in track and field. There's a lot of events in a standard track meet. You know what? I should have went and looked to see how many events there are, but there are a lot of events. Now, strangely enough, this year, as of the, the time that we're talking right now, the United States men have not won a gold medal in a running event in track, and they've never not won a gold medal in a running event in track. Mm-hmm. And so um, now they won one in, in the in the field. They did win. Uh, Krauser won the uh, shot put. Okay. But so far, we haven't won one on the track. So hopefully that's coming. Uh, four by 400, I think, is a good is it, it, there's a good chance for us to win that one. Yeah. So we got to win that one. We got to win that one. Anyway, track and field. The next one I think is swimming. Swimming is very similar to track and field in that there are a lot of events. 
And so there's Michael a Phelps lot of help that process out. <laughs> Michael Phelps, what has he's won like twenty something? Yeah, it's crazy. Twenty eight, something like that. He's won. Caleb Dressel. Yeah, he this, this game's he 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 opened a lot of people's eyes. Yes, he did. He's, he's capable of. So and he's he young. Was, yeah, he's got more medals in his future probably. Right. So yeah. All right, I, I, you know I want to leave the Olympics. We're done with the Olympics. Olympics are over. Um, we're gonna, but I do want to talk about this one lady. And I want to read this post about this one lady. This 21-year-old is now the only woman in history to run under 52 seconds in the women's 400-meter hurdles and one of the preeminent faces of the new generation of track and field athletes. Sydney McLaughlin set a new world record and received the gold medal. Her words reflect her faith as she boldly said, Records come and go. The glory of God is eternal. And I no longer run for self-recognition, but to reflect his perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. You don't get much more bold than that. No, you don't. On the world stage. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting about this post is that this post, well, I, I took this post off of the Internet before she ran the 400-meter finals. The four hundred meter hurdle. Incredible! Who, who posted that? Then? Yeah, I, I I don't remember. I, I'm assuming that the whole reference to gold medal is probably in, this is all in reference to the Olympic trials, maybe because she did win the Olympic trials and did set a world record in the Olympic trials. They don't really uh, they don't really give out medals oh, for that. Okay, so I get it. So yeah. they might have been talking about that, but they little said, did they know what was about to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, well before right before we came up here, I mean, literally an hour ago, two hours ago. Um, Sydney McLaughlin, is it McLaughlin or McLaughlin? I think it's McLaughlin. I've heard a lot of people pronounce it McLaughlin. Okay. So. Well, she put out her first official statement on her social media since doing that. And she said, let me start off by saying, what an honor it has been. What an honor it is to be able to represent not only my country, but also the kingdom of God. What I have in Christ is far greater than what I have or do not have in my life. I pray my journey may be a clear depiction of submission and obedience to God. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't seem possible, He will make a way out of no way, not for my own gratification, but for His glory. I have never seen God fail in my life, in anyone's life for that matter. Just because I may not win every race or receive every one of my heart's desires does not mean that God has failed. His will is perfect, all caps. And he has prepared me for such a moment as this, that I may use the gifts he has given me to point all the attention back to him. And you know what really stands out to me about this post is the last comment that she made, that I may use the gifts he has given me to point all the attention back to him. What did you not hear in this post? You didn't hear anything about a gold medal, did you? She never mentioned a world record, and she never said anything about a gold medal. She knew that everyone in the world was going to be tuning in to hear what her first statement was, and she never mentions a gold medal or a world record. She gave all the glory to God and took none of it for herself. That is a picture of what God asked us to it do is. right it sure there. Is. So kudos yeah. to Sydney. I'm like you. I think she's one of my one of my favorite athletes now because of this. Yeah. At this point, she's she's so she's so focused on giving yeah. God credit for what she's doing, and she's an incredible athlete. Holy smoke, she's an incredible athlete. Yeah. I mean, what they did, 
her and Dalila Muhammad, who finished second. I mean, we've got to give her credit. She broke mm-hmm. the world record, too, and finished second. <laughs> I mean, that's that's hard. <laughs> that's hard to deal with, right? Yeah. Um, that happened in both the 400-meter hurdle races. The second-place person broke the world record really? and didn't win the race. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. Uh, but it, but it is what it is. Great perspective, um, and maybe my favorite thing to come out of the Olympics is just getting a peek into who this Sydney McLaughlin is. Is she? I don't even know her age. Is she fairly young? She's twenty one. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, she's so gonna be around a long time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, and how old is Allison Felix? Allison Felix is thirty five. Okay, so she, that shows you kind of the range there. Yeah. Another fifteen years in Sydney. Yeah, maybe potentially. Well, yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah, Allison's been around. This is her fifth Olympics. Yeah, Nobody crazy. does that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and she said some things in her post-race interview. I mean, giving God the glory and yeah, um, yeah, just a good. I mean, so much attention goes to those bad apples, and I wish more attention would be put on these statements and sentiments and these just incredible athletes of character. Yeah. Put the focus on them. Amen. Uh, and yeah, we've got a good group. Amen. That's for sure. So we're we're gonna we've got this new thing, right? We're gonna we're calling it. What are we calling it? Well, this? We, you know we we haven't really branded it yet, but we a few weeks ago we started talking about the idea that we wanted to hit ten thousand couch to marathon participants this january for next season's couch to marathon well because this year we're we're in the middle of the the half marathon portion of that whole plan and it's going great it's going awesome we've got a lot of folks really gave us this what has happened this year has really given us a picture into what the potential is going forward yeah Uh, it's given us a template that almost came as a result (laughs) i say accident but we know that (laughs) coincidence no it was god god was in this yep. he knew what he was doing um and he just kind of drug me and you along <laughs> for the ride for whatever reason but I, i'm glad to be here amen and so we want to hit ten thousand members next year doing this couch to marathon because we've seen the difference it makes and the difference it makes has made in my life your life everybody being a part of this but you and I can't do that alone. Mm-hmm. We know that, I mean, we can do advertisements, we can do social media posts, we can do all this stuff, but there's nothing better than the one-on-one class community type setting. So we started doing this last week. In this past week, we've had an uptick in 5K Challenge instructors kits sold. And I know it's because we started talking about it last Absolutely. week. We're going to challenge you. We're, we've created a challenge, and it's called the Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. So what do I mean by that? Everyone within earshot of me right now has the ability to lead, facilitate, coach, instruct, whatever word you want to put on it. We've made this coaching thing way easier, too, right? Yeah. You can do this, and we're, we're challenging you to do this along with us next year. So what do we want you to do? We want you to facilitate a Couch to Marathon program in your community next year. So how does that work? So let's say you're in somewhere in middle Ohio. Let's say Westerville, to be specific, <laughs> Ben Reed, if you're listening out there. You know, Ben's had as many as 200 people in a 5K Challenge class before. Well, if, if every one of the run club members just got 10 people if everybody that signed up for the couch to marathon next year got 10 people to join them because that will be very easy to do they're watching you 
Mm-hmm. They're seeing how it's changing your life, and they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to be hard to do. Go out there and recruit 10 people who would like to do this for you. If we did that, we had 1,700 people start this. Well, there's 17,000 right there. Boom. I just We just want half of that. That's our goal yeah. is half of that. Yeah. So you meet one time a week at minimum to, you know, we've made it easy going forward. So all you're going to have to do is plop in a video and you'll get to listen to me and Dan, Dean Banner back and forth. If you're a runner, you already run three or four times a week. So it's no, it's not taking more time. You go to church. You can do this at your church for the class time. Go out there and run. Change people's lives and change yours in the process. So, what I want you to do now, nothing other than think about it, pray about it, talk to your family, talk to your spouse, kind of put some feelers out there in your community. A simple post like, "Hey, I'm considering facilitating a running program." next year starting in january who would like to join me i think you'll be surprised at the response you'll get now you got to remember this starts with the 5k challenge yeah the 5k challenge is all it's not we're not asking people to run a marathon in january that's right let's start with what it is we're doing the 5k challenge one step at a time and that goes into the 10k challenge and that goes into the half marathon and then the marathon don't get too far ahead don't overthink this Ask who would like to join you for the 5K challenge in January, and we will drag these people to the finish line <laughs> next January. In a marathon. The marathon that we have not announced which one it is yet, but we're very close. So, the coaching, the marathon challenge, challenge. Now, what about those people who say, I just don't have time? I don't have enough time to be able to, to facilitate one of these classes. What do you say to them? Okay, so let's think about this. That It's a runner. Mm-hmm. Chances are it's a runner listening to us right now. Well, you're running four or five times a week right now anyway, right? Right. So you invite some other people to come run with you. If you're listening to this, chances are you go to church somewhere. Wednesday night, Sunday night. So you lead the class. You facilitate the class on Wednesday night or Sunday night. You're already there. Yeah. You've already got people who know you're the run for God person. We hear it all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, we go to different communities. If we go to Westerville, Ohio, people don't have a clue who we are. That's right. They know Ben Reed's the <laughs> run for God guy. That's right. So you, you've built this reputation of knowledge in the sport, and you do. Mm-hmm. If you're doing this with us, you've got the knowledge to do this. Mm-hmm. You've got the ability to do this. We're going to make it very easy for you in that we will actually teach on – we'll be releasing the videos each week, and you can you can plop that in and just simply talk about it. That's the fun part. Mm-hmm. For me, the teaching was always the hard part. Yeah, I used to love to get through the teaching so we could get into the conversations. Right. And that is that is easy to do. Oh, yeah. There's nothing to do. It's just what do you guys think? Yeah. And the conversations will start. So I'm so excited about the possibility. You know, we thought we were going to have 500 people. I think we even started with less than that yeah. when we started talking about this last fall. Yeah. We may have a few hundred people do this. We had 1,700 sign up. Yeah. We're sitting the bar at 10,000 this January. But you and I can't do this alone. We've got to have other we folks on board. We need everybody bought into this. Yep. And we know it changes lives both the people you're helping and yours mm-hmm. probably yours more was, mm-hmm. that was the case for me yep. the case for you mm-hmm. 
it gets people if you go if you take people through this all next year the gospel the gospel is going to be presented four times i'm not even going to speculate what might happen with that yeah because i don't want to put god in a box um and then you change their life physically we yeah. know the we i mean the benefits are proven the benefits spiritually are proven the benefits physically are proven there's no reason not to do this and over the next few weeks we're going to start chipping away all the excuses we're going to be talking about it on this podcast we're going to be sending out emails we're going to be recruiting you hard to yep. do this with us in january so please 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 think about it pray about it and join us in facilitating this january i know we say this a lot and i know that people may 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 go yeah yeah i, I get it but you don't get it until you've done it this will change your relationship with running and with God. If you facilitate a class, I guarantee you, we've not seen anybody ever teach a class. We've had some people shaking in their boots in front of that first class. Me. And when and when they got to the end of that class was like, that was way more incredible than anything I would have imagined. It's happened over and over again. Right. We've never had anybody come back and go, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. No Nobody's one ever, ever done it. said that. That's right. How many friends do you have right now as a result of leading, either leading or being a part of Run for God? Yeah. The community is just, I mean, all you got to do is step onto the Facebook group, uh, yep. the Run Club Facebook group, and people come here and, and april for the free 5k and it's like these people have known each other forever yeah. they've never met yeah and it was it's the i mean i have incredible friends to this day that i would not have had you're one of them yep yep that's true i mean would we be probably would never met that's yeah. true so it's it's the opportunity to surround yourself with like-minded people and do something that's healthy and awesome and fun while getting healthy and and growing your relationship with Christ. It's a win-win. Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. Hop on board. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. All right, we are back. And don't forget that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. If you've got questions, I try to get to those questions as quick as I can. Sometimes I get to them within minutes. Sometimes it's days, but it, I, I get to them. So uh, please send me me- uh, messages if you've got questions. Uh, and we can uh, we can try to help you run, uh, get through whatever that issue is that you might be having. Um, we want to hear your story we're going to share a story here that Rhonda Williams just sent us recently, and it's a great story. Mm-hmm. You all have stories out there. Everybody has stories, and we'd love to hear your story. So put that thing together. Put it in writing. Get it online. Go to runforgodrunclub.com. Submit your story so we can share it right here on the podcast. 
and maybe even live if you live close enough and you want to come in the studio. These these J Radio folks, they're super nice, mm-hmm. and you would love to come into this studio and be a part of what we're doing right here in this studio. And it doesn't bother me one bit to take a back seat. I love to hear these live <laughs> stories, and uh, yeah, yeah, it gives you an opportunity for another face to talk to. Face yeah, to well, you know, that's. <laughs> Hey, sometimes I get really bugged when I'm in the middle of something that I'm really enjoying. But, uh, you know, often God has a reason for the interruption. Now, sometimes I know last night I'm watching the Olympics. And I don't know about you. The way my brain works is my brain is latched on to whatever Single I'm focus. doing. Single focused. And then Debbie starts talking on the couch sitting be next to me uh, well she starts talking and I don't hear the first t- two sentences or sentence that she that she speaks because I, I, it takes me a minute to realize there's a sound over here I need to listen to it takes a remote upside the head <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes <laughs> um, sometimes it takes her going are you listening to me uh, yeah she's she uh, she has to be stern with me occasionally uh, and I totally deserve it but um but yeah, and sometimes your initial thought is, anytime you get interrupted in anything you're doing that you're enjoying, and I, of course, watching the Olympics, especially track and field, I'm enjoying, you know me. And so being interrupted is like, ah, you know, and then you realize, oh, wait, wait a minute, that's Debbie. I, I want to I hear this. <laughs> so last night I was doing the same exact thing. Actually, it was the final of the 800-meter run. Oh, not in the middle of it. In the middle of it. Oh, One gosh. minute into the run. Come on, Holly. Holly, I love my wife. I love her deeply if she's listening. But she started talking right in the middle of it, and I reached up and I paused it. And I've done that before, and I don't know how she takes that. Maybe she'll listen to this and tell me very bluntly how she <laughs> takes it. But I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to reach up and pause it. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm, I'm turning my attention that's to what, my wife at that point. Yeah, that's the way I would take it. But I'm sure it can be taken other ways. Yeah. Well, now Debbie will pause something she's watching, too. So when I start talking, so so I, that well, that you know gives you're me in permission. Trouble when it's something you're watching and they pause it. That yeah. That's that, probably not a good sign. If that happens. That's probably not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> we love our wives, and we both married well by our heads. Yes, we that did. Room. That is for sure. Um, if I didn't have my wife, there's no telling where I would be. <laughs> Rhonda Williams again from Huntsville, Alabama, and her story is called Interruption or Divine Appointment. I was running alone and very much enjoying the solitude. I found joy in listening to my breath and the sound of my footsteps on the pavement, the birds chirping, and the breeze on my face. I love running with my group, but on that day... The last thing I wanted was to be interrupted in order to interact with another human being. I wanted me time. Well, God had another plan for my run that day. As I ran down the street toward an intersection, I could see a young woman in a baby carriage running on the sidewalk directly ahead. She headed toward my left, so I made the decision I would turn right when I got to the intersection. Then I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to go left. No, I want to go right. I don't want to talk to her. Go left, he said. You don't understand. I'm really enjoying the solitude today. Turn left, he insisted. Fine, I'll go left. I wasn't very happy about it, but I obeyed. 
When I got within just a few feet of her, she and the baby carriage both started to tip over. I caught her with one hand and the carriage with the other. I righted the carriage and eased the runner down to the curb. She had almost passed out, but the adrenaline caused by the carriage almost crashing to the ground woke her up, and she was a bit shaken. The baby was fine and didn't seem to be, to be bothered by the event, so we chatted for a few minutes. I found out she was only four weeks postpartum and was trying to get back into her regular running routine. She, she committed one of the cardinal sins of running. She was doing too much too soon. I'm a registered nurse, so I was able to give her some insight into what was taking place inside her body and advised her to take it slower and be kind to herself, to ease back into running gradually. Give yourself time to heal, I said. She was very grateful I'd been there to catch her and her baby, and she seemed to appreciate what I had to say, almost as if she was relieved that someone gave her permission to slow down. I had a divine appointment that day. I didn't see it that way at first. It was an unwanted interruption, but my attitude changed very quickly once I saw her start to go down, and now I'm so grateful that God put me right where I needed to be in order to help her. This was no random meeting, mind you. It wasn't a situation where God saw that she was going to faint and decided to send me because I just happened to be closer than anyone else. No, God planned it well in advance. And what a perfect plan. We each had to leave our homes at just the right time, run a specific route at just the right pace in order for us to meet at that particular intersection at just the right time. God at work. So from now on, when my plan gets interrupted, I'll ask God, is there something else you have for me to do? <laughs> what is my purpose today? And I'll say it with joy in my heart because his plans are always better. That's a great story, Rhonda. You know, I read that story earlier this morning, and, and I let it percolate for a little while. And I've come to the conclusion, I don't know if we fully understand the gravity of that mm. story. Yeah. Um, it's a modern-day miracle. Yeah. And so many times we dismiss miracles as coincidences or medical medicine or whatever. But it's a modern-day miracle. I mean, go back and, and play that out the other way. Right. If if Rhonda wouldn't have been obedient and she would have taken that right instead of that left, I mean, you can only think tragedy would have ensued. I mean, here you are. You have a mother with a four-week-old did she say four week or four month? Four week. Four week yeah. old in a in a jog stroller. I can only assume she's fallen over sidewalks, cars. Who, who know? I mean, and it's horrible to go back to that and play play that in your mind, but it's a modern day miracle, and these happen all the time. But so many times, it would be easy to say, "Oh, that was a coincidence." No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but That's you're a right. Great story. That's the way we look at it oftentimes. It is, is it's, yeah. it's just coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so I can so identify with her in this idea of not wanting to be bothered while she goes out for a run because I love to run by myself. Mm. Now, I love to run with people as well. And I do a fair amount of running with people as well. Uh, but I love the, the alone time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm alone. If it, if it weren't for the fact that I have to be around people, I probably wouldn't be. I know that sounds terrible. It sounds awful to say that, but I'm not a big people. Now, I love people once I'm around them, and I love to talk, and but I like it 
one-on-one, a few people, yeah. big, crowds. big crowds. Gosh, I hate big crowds. Yeah. I just don't enjoy myself at big crowds. I'm not a crowd person either. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I love the alone time running. Um, of course, I'm fortunate. It's, it's, that's, that's either a blessing or a curse to run a little faster than most people do. Because you can't find a lot of people who, who can run with you. And the, the excuse can always be, well, I, I, I can't run. I, I need to run at my pace. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> sometimes I can use that not to run with somebody. Right. But um, most of the time I'll slow down and run with somebody. But, but it's, it's good. And then there's other people who are the opposite of that. Right? I know people who can't stand not to run with somebody. I know one lady who will not go run if she doesn't have someone to run with. <laughs> and so uh, – yeah, it's it's funny how we're all different. Yeah, but and then there's sometimes where you wish you had somebody to run with. Like, I did yeah. run yesterday. I did the the six miler we were supposed to do yesterday, and I yeah. did it in the heat of the day, which was a mistake. It was hot yesterday, and uh, it was in the middle of the day. It was on Cleveland Highway, which there's no shade, and you know I always on those type of runs I'll run out and back because the going out's usually okay, but I'll hang myself out there to where I have to get back. It's not like yeah. I'm doing one mile loops around my car and I can just get in and go leave if I don't feel good. I'll run out, so I have to get back. And you know how it is on Cleveland Highway to walk on the sidewalk on Cleveland Highway. It's like that's a sin. Yeah, uh, that's you true. You can't let anybody see you walking. That's so right. It's the accountability there. But yesterday I remember thinking, man, I wish I had somebody to run with right now because I just didn't feel that good. And you know, it would have been nice to have somebody to run with. So I'm, I'm, I'm in both camps. Sometimes I like running with people. Sometimes. I will say that I ran at about the same time yesterday. Really wasn't that hot yesterday. <laughs> so it, it was, was overcast. Like 80, no, it was sunny when I was running. Oh, come on. It was. It was sunshine. I mean, the sun was barely. It was in between a shower, too. Actually, actually, if you ran in Cahutta, it might have been raining when I was running because. Actually, I ran at Edwards Park. From Well, I was going to say from Butcher's Market North, it was raining. Okay, but the right. sun was wide from from Patterson, which is a project we're working on yeah. south. The sun was, but but you could see it raining at the butcher's market. Yeah, Debbie said it rained at home, but yeah. it didn't rain where but I was. It never rained at Patterson. Yeah, never rained there. Yeah. So, huh. all right. How about this scripture passage? First uh, Thessalonians five nineteen. Do not quench the spirit. <laughs> so. You know, many times we like to to go back and get context. Yeah. Because I mean, that's a pretty short verse, and you got to wonder what what's the context here. So I went back, and if you go all the way back up to verse fourteen, um, in First Thessalonians five, it says, "Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all." Is that kind of <laughs> kind of makes you think well, that, that is a verse for Rhonda in that instance you yeah know, to comfort the faint-hearted uphold the weak literally be patient with all see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all rejoice always pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecy there's a lot to unpack there, but it's it's what we're to do day in and day out. And, and it's basically saying, when the Spirit talks, do what the Spirit says. Yeah. And, I mean, it's really simple to say it, but as we can see in Rhonda's story, in the moment, so many times, it's we get in our flesh and we want to do what? God, I just, 
I want to run by myself today. But, you know, that the fact that Rhonda could clearly hear that, you know, so many people who aren't either followers of Christ or who are young, they don't understand the hearing God. Yeah. You know, we say hear God, but that kind of sounds weird until it happens. Yeah. And you, you get it at that point. It's not an audible voice, but it's a it's a very real conversation that's being had yeah. with you saying, mm-hmm. Rhonda, take a left here. And I thank God that Rhonda, is, her walk is as close as it is because the closer your walk is, the louder that voice is. Yeah. And um, it's just incredible. What I find interesting about this verse is that the, the, the root words for this verse, it, it basically, when it talks about quenching the spirit, it's talking about don't put, like, as in like, don't put out a fire. Right. And so this idea of, uh, it assumes that we have a fire in us, mm-hmm. right? Just like in Rhonda's case, in order for her to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, she has to have that fire in her. Mm-hmm. And this is saying, don't quench the fire. Notice what it doesn't say. The, what's absent from this is it doesn't say feed the fire either. Right. Because so many times we try to do that. That's right. That we goes wrong. That's exactly right. And but the, the Holy Spirit is the one that feeds the fire. Right. We just have to be attentive to to continuing not to quench the fire, to listen to and and just absorb what the Holy Spirit puts in us. Yeah, both extremes are wrong. Yeah, both extremes. One extreme being in Rhonda's case. She was saying, but God, I want to go right. I want to enjoy my run. Well, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And she she admits that because she wound up getting it right. But it's also wrong to say, I'm going to help God out here. Yeah. How many times have I do, I've oh, done that more yeah. times than I care to admit yeah. of either maybe it's something is God's not moving as quickly as you would like him to move and you think, well, I need to help him out. That's wrong. And usually that goes off the rails pretty quick too. Yep. So, yeah, you're you're so right. Do not quench the spirit and do not feed. Don't quench the fire and don't feed the fire. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's the first time I've heard it put like that and it's, it's a great way to put it. We, mm-hmm. What he says is enough. That's right. No less, no more. Do exactly what and when that happens incredible things happen like this story and the fire just keeps roaring right. yep a second scripture passage your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk in it whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left and that's from isaiah thirty twenty one. 21 uh, it's talking about god steering us in the right direction and when he when we turn the wrong direction just like in this case where she was thinking about changing, turning the wrong direction, he's over our shoulder telling us, well, hold on a second. Come on over here. Let's get back on track. Yeah. Um, but what he doesn't do, and notice what Rhonda didn't say, I felt God pulling my shoulders <laughs> to the left. It was God just told me I should go to the left. He doesn't grab us by the shoulders and point us in the right direction. He tells us what direction we should go, and then it's up to us physically to do the right thing mm-hmm. and move in the right direction, right? Yeah, but I, I yeah, he, he doesn't physically move us at times, but he'll get pretty loud at times. He will get loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he'll do it in ways that could manifest themselves physically in some other way. Sure. For, By sure. your own doings a lot of times. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, I mean that we've talked about. I think we talked about it last week. That is a comforting feeling to be corrected by the Holy Spirit. It is, yeah. Because it, it's it's kind of like it's 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 not a comforting feeling for my son to be corrected by me many times by you know the words I say or the things I do in, in correcting him. But I'm doing it because I love him. Well, and there are a lot of kids out there that don't have a father correcting them. Right. And they don't even realize how much they miss that. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So yeah. it's, I do realize that. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Oh, and he, man. And God he will. all over me for that. <laughs> but thank God I have that. Yeah. It gives me comfort. There's comfort in correction many times yeah. from God because you know he's there, which he's always there, but you know you're close enough to him. To hear him, it's true, and that's comforting. Yeah, I look at the, I looked at this as when, whenever I go to a big city and I go to run in a big city, I typically don't have a route planned out, and I start in a direction, going in a direction. Because you're not a planner. <laughs> I have a route planned out, <laughs> and then if the if the light turns red, well then I just turn. I just don't I don't I don't try to cross that street. I just go ahead and I turn and I go I turn right and I go up the sidewalk. Have you ever got lost doing that? I've I heard have. you talk about this before. I have. We've talked about it before. Yeah, I have. And that's okay. Yeah. I'll find my way back eventually. <laughs> uh, but that, but it's it's but that's a, that's a directionless way to go, right? And I do I do run the risk of getting lost and I run the risk of getting into maybe a bad situation probably too. Bad part Uh, of town. Yeah, yeah, which I would argue there are no bad parts of town. Depends on what time you're running. During the day, I have run through the worst neighborhoods in this country Mm -hmm. and the people have been so nice. Mm -hmm. Nicer than in the nice neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. That's a true story. Um, Because I lived close to some of those neighborhoods when when I... was going to school in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, I ran through them all the time. Those people would sit on their porch and they would wave and yeah. they would be so nice. Now, I didn't run through there at night. Right. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, in a race, going the wrong direction is devastating, right? Sure. You can't run a race and not run on the course. Otherwise, you run longer than everybody else. And obviously, it's not going to turn out good. Life is a race. Mm-hmm. Life is not a wandering run. And I think we miss that sometimes. And I think a lot of people, they want to have so much fun with running, with running, with life, that they look at it like it's one of those wandering runs. Yeah, I, I had a, a conversation with my oldest just the other day talking about, you know, the we, we were talking about several of these. Um, we were talking about the train harder, train smarter, work hard, work smarter, not harder. I'll get that out eventually. Yeah. And some of these sentiments nowadays that I just I don't like, that being one. But another one being, would well, just live your life day to day, or you know just kind of let. Oh man, that's like just blasphemy to a planner. <laughs> well, but it's so it's where so many of our young people are. It is, and there's no direction in, and mm-hmm. living a life for Jesus Christ. It's intentional, and you mm-hmm. better have a plan in place mm-hmm. because the enemy is going to come and try to throw you off. Yep. And if you don't have, you know, we've talked about in workouts, you know, know what you're going to do ahead of time when your stomach starts hurting or mm-hmm. you you just don't feel that good. If you, if you don't have it thought out in your head ahead of time, guess what you're going to do? 
you're going to cave to whatever that temptation is. It's going to be, I just need to stop and walk. It's the same way we walk with life in our life. And and just going through life day by day, living in the moment, I don't know what that means, but that is a sentiment that's out there now. That's another one I don't like. And a recipe for disaster. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional if you want to walk closely with Christ because it's not easy. Yeah. And live in the moment indicates I don't know what it indicates I really don't know what that sentiment means but uh, I don't like it but I think you can look at I think you can look at that phrase a few different ways um, the way that it sounds sound, sounds bad but in truth it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to intentionality which we have to be intentional well, in let, our walk with Christ let me put a different spin on this alright in Rhonda's case, and in this case, she was living in the moment. She was listening to what the Holy Spirit was telling her right now. She changed her plan based on what the Holy Spirit was telling her right now. That's that's living in the moment. It really depends on where we're, what our moment is tuned to. We're going to split hairs here. But <laughs> that was God's plan. Yeah. It was God's plan, but it wasn't her plan. Right. Her plan was something completely different. And if she hadn't been living in the moment and gone with her plan, she would have been doing against what God wanted her to do. So we don't argue much on here, but this is... uh... No, but her plan, (laughs) her plan was to turn right. Right. She wasn't just living in the moment. She wasn't just, I don't know. We're about to hit a wall here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, there's but the, the, there's different the ways to look at it. To the, be to be to to walk with Christ, to run with Christ, you have to be intentional. You have to be cued into what He's saying, and you have to be willing to do what He says in that moment. And that's her underlying intention, right? Right, and that's yeah. why she so we're lived in the moment. On the same page. We are, but it's fun to we argue. Like to argue yeah. Once, yeah. <laughs> John fourteen twenty six. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. You have to wonder what the disciples thought when Jesus said that. Put yourself back then, you know. They still really didn't grasp it at that you're, time. You're right, yeah. And, <laughs> do, do, okay, he's already come back from the dead, which their mind's blown already. And then he's about to say, he's saying, I'm going to leave. Did Jesus use the word Holy Spirit or he was an advocate? I don't he, know. He said, I think, he, well, I don't know what the, the original word was, but I think it, it meant advocate. But he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna physically leave." Which I don't know if they fully understood what that meant. Even though, well, he, no, because they didn't understand, because they said, where, "Where are you going?" Even though they had told, even though he had told him, yeah, told them, he's yeah. saying, "Where I go, you can't come with me." Yeah. And then he says, "I'm gonna send somebody in my place." Well, I've got, you have to wonder what. Well, I've got world is he saying? I've got this analogy. I remember we had a pool built at our house when we've we moved into the house where we moved in we we put a pool in and debbie always wanted a pool we get this pool put in and it takes you know it takes a few weeks to dig and to do all the stuff they have to do to put this pool in and there's always interruptions you know how you construction folks are mm-hmm. uh, Never on time. There's, 
but anyway, I just remember not really thinking during the time that they're digging a hole and they're having to relocate my septic tank and other things that, that had to happen. Um, I was never thinking about what was going to happen when they pulled all their equipment up, put it on the trailer, and left. And how was I going to maintain the pool, right? All my thought was I was watching them do it, and I was living in the moment of what was going on right now, not really thinking about what was going to happen when they left. And then they left, and I looked at the pool, and I'm like, huh, I guess I need to start learning about how to... It's kind of like when the maternity ward gives you your discharge papers. Yeah, yeah. What do I do with this? <laughs> that's exactly right. It's a, yeah, yeah, that's an even more serious yeah. situation. But yeah, um, yeah. Cause so I think the disciples probably in that moment are like... They're not really, they're not absorbing that. They're not absorbing the, the idea. When you're in the hospital, it's completely different to think about what am I going to do when I get home as, as it is as when you're in the car on your way home. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different mindset. And I think it was the same way for them. I think their, their thoughts were like superficial just like they are with you know when you're when you're having a baby it's kind of superficial at first we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're you know you you kind of know what you want to do right. but you don't really have an idea until you get that baby home yeah but that, and they i mean so so Jesus ascends into heaven okay that's got to freak you out <laughs> yeah to see that and then they're like they had to have turned to each other and said okay what do we do now <laughs> yeah yeah Okay, he said he's going to send somebody back, but really no. I mean, there's no there's no owner's manual for that. Yeah. There's no YouTube video. There's no. They didn't even have the Bible at that point. They, they had, had the, the Bible, Old Testament. They didn't. They couldn't talk to anybody. Scrolls. You know. The the Advocate Holy Spirit is coming back, and between that day and and Pentecost, how how far how far was that? I don't even remember. I don't remember, but. But yeah, that, there's a there's a time period there of waiting. Complete faith. Yeah. is what that was. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got to. I mean you're like, and, and you know what kind of brings, it makes me laugh to think about this now, and it's because of the whole chosen series. Have you started watching any yeah, of those? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I can kind of see personalities now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Matthew the analytic <laughs> and and Peter the hothead. They must have been arguing like crazy. No, this is what he meant. No, this is what he meant. Yeah. I, it would be cool to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, those conversations. Yeah, there had to be a that had to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Question: Have you ever felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Tell the story. Um, yeah, I, both good and bad promptings, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had we've had. Um, the the point where where the Holy Spirit prompts you, you do that thing. It's it's amazing, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit prompts you, and you don't do that thing. And, and you know, it goes one, both ways. One example, I, and this as soon as I read this question, it's the it's the story that came to my mind when we started the Who Do You Say That I Am campaign. You know, way back when, and we were going to put it in Runners World magazines, and it was going to cost a lot of money to do that. And I was just stressed, and I thought we were going to get all kind of hate and just. It was a it was a very bold step, and I just remember doubting it. Yeah. Is this right, God? Is am I hearing you right? This seems expensive. It seems risky. 
it seems like just asking for attacks and i'll never forget that was on a wednesday morning wednesday night i go to church and our youth pastor you probably remember the story he was doing a series on um boldness Mm -hmm. he was talking about david and goliath and daniel and the lion's den and just all these heroes of bold faith and i thought okay god you know this this is a coincidence, you know, but I knew it wasn't. And then that next Sunday morning, uh, you know, our the Who Do You Say That I Am campaign is, is where Jesus asked Peter, but who do you say that I am in Matthew 16, 15? And so if that Wednesday night weren't enough, the very next Sunday morning, uh, I'm sitting in church and my pastor comes up to give his sermon and he throws Matthew 16, 15 up on the screen and he did his whole sermon on who do you say that I am? And it's, I mean, I was just a train wreck in that sermon series or that sermon that morning because I thought, you know, this is this is heavy stuff. I mean, God is you talk about getting loud. Yeah. He's getting very loud at this point. And I remember I went down to the altar that morning and just started praying, which is weeping, and I felt a hand on my back. And I knew somebody was there praying for me. When I got done I stood up, turned around, and who is it but HR Post standing there? Wow. The guy that started all this by confronting me 11 years ago about running had become an idol in my life and it's what started run for god and it's like it brought it full circle and that have you ever been prompted by the holy spirit that was just a one two three punch in four days time yeah that's incredible that's the campaign is still alive and well today and bringing people with the foot of the cross weekly still yeah and it's you know it's sometimes you hindsight's 2020 yeah. And sometimes you got to look back because there's going to be another thing. We don't know what it is yet. Yep. God's going to bring us to another crossroads and say, "We need you to do this. I need you to do this." And mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to start saying, no, "But God, I wanted to turn right here." God, we can't all of our excuses. Yeah. That's why it's important to look back yep. in those moments and that's why it's just a great question. Yeah, it is. Here's another question. How do you discern the voice of God? How do you know it's his voice and not your own, or worse, the devil's? Whew. That's a tough question. You start this thing. Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, you know, I think that he, he'll stay close to us if we'll stay close to him. He's not the one moving, right? If, if, if something happens and you're far away from God, it's not because God moved. It's because we moved. Um, and the closer that I am to him, the more I hear that voice. And and I just think that if we're not spending that time in prayer, if we're not spending that time in the Word, and we're not trying to, if we're not making the effort, being intentional, as we were talking about a little while ago, to be as close to Him as we can be, we're going to miss Him. Mm-hmm. And the further away from Him we get, the louder the devil gets. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's all about being being close you know i've been asked this question before and you know when it's something smaller or in your comfort zone sometimes that's the easier times to hear him because you're 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 searching for that voice of god and and anytime we're searching and being intentional about finding what god's going to say Sometimes that's the easier times. But to me, when it doesn't make sense, like a thought comes into your head and it doesn't make sense, 
and you know it's going to be for God's glory, but it's so far outside your comfort zone, to me, more times than not, that's when I know it's God. Yeah. What are you up to, God? Because Mitchell would not normally think that. Mitchell would not normally think, oh, let's take a verse of Scripture and publish it in a running magazine and just sit back and wait on the hate mail. (laughs) That's how I knew it was God, because God is always going to push you. He's going to push. That's how we grow. That's how we grow in running, and that's how we grow in our walk with Christ, is to get outside. Going back to the T-shirt I'm wearing. Find your comfort zone and leave it. And that's what God is calling us to do every day. Step out on his behalf and do something outside your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. I think part of this, too, there's a verse of Scripture in the Bible that talks about, I can't remember what it is right now, and I hate that, but where where he, he tells us that even when our thoughts are not the right thoughts, the Holy Spirit will put the right thoughts and point us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and again, it, we we have to be we have to be close enough to Him to be able to hear that. But I believe that what basically what that scripture that I'm referring to, and I can't remember it again. But the, the what it's referring to is that our if our heart is in the right place. If our true inward desire is that I want to please God, then that Holy Spirit is going to point us in the right direction, even when our brain goes in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's the key. It's in our it's in our heart. And, and our if if our heart is right, mm-hmm. then that then the what we're going to hear and what we're going to be prompted to do is going to be the right thing. And there again, it's uh, looking back. I like that he used the word advocate. He yeah. sends an advocate in. Yeah, Rhonda's heart was right in this story. I mean, yeah, we know Rhonda. Yeah, she she's an incredible lady of God. Mm-hmm. But the advocate had to be a little a little bit louder here yeah. because Rhonda's Rhonda was wanting to do something different, but the advocate got louder. Yeah, uh, and that's that's comforting. Good example. Have you ever benefited when the Holy Spirit nudged someone else? That's an interesting question and one I had never thought about before. H.R. Poe. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. H.R., I tell you to this day, he did not want to confront me. Yeah. But he felt the Holy Spirit landed on his heart because he had been where I was years prior Mm -hmm. to confront me. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. It's not something H.R. wanted to do. But it's the reason we're sitting here today. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I, I, of course, I'd like to think it was the Holy Spirit that led you to you and I having lunch one day and you saying, hey, I have this idea. What well, <laughs> take that. Me involved. I mean, I just mentioned that many times it doesn't make sense. Yeah. When God is directing us to do something, it in our minds, it doesn't make sense to run an ad in Runner's World. In our minds, it doesn't make sense to try to parallel running in faith. And in my mind, all I knew is that you were a fast runner. I had no idea you had thoughts of being a sports journalist. I mean, we've talked about this yeah. on here. Yeah. I had no idea where you – I mean, you – you could have been a hellion for all I knew. I didn't. I mean, I really didn't know you that well. Yeah. 
But God laid you on my heart and said, hey, go see if this guy wants to write a book. I mean, how crazy does <laughs> I mean, when you say that out loud like yeah, that, it does it's sound like, crazy, yeah. It, it is crazy, but yeah, I mean, God's God's been all over this. He gets us outside the box, doesn't he? He does. Yep. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back, and uh, track season is behind us, but never fear. Cross-country season is upon us. <laughs> you didn't say it like you had it written. You had it written kind of like a poem. Did I? But never yeah. fear, cross-country is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to think of that? Yeah, a long time. You know <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, we've been working with with athletes all summer already, getting them ready for cross country. But uh, but now the time is here. We're registering for races and getting ready to to compete. Um, of course, we say championships in the fall or one in the summer. Absolutely. And uh, it's the the folks that are wor- willing to work hard when there's no payoff. You know, there's no payoff in the summer. Delayed gratification is kind of a dirty word this this uh, these days, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but not, not for runners. Not the runners. That's right. All right, it's time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, nearly everything you do affects nearly everything you do. <laughs> kind of like the hand bone is connected to the wrist bone. <laughs> it all goes together, and that's the title of this one. I had a conversation recently with an athlete who was tired. Her legs were feeling flat, even though we had cut back on mileage and intensity for a week. The root cause could have been many things, but after a few minutes of questioning, it seemed likely that the culprit was a few long work days. Another athlete was tired after having walked more than 12 miles at Disney World. Each of these athletes had been standing and walking on her feet for many hours over the prior week using muscles in ways that, although not as strenuous, taxed them in ways their bodies had not grown accustomed. Even though they were runners and their legs could handle many miles of running, it was the standing for long periods of time that caused the fatigue in their muscles. Why? Well, it's because it all goes together. What do I mean by that? We love to compartmentalize everything we do, and running is one of those things. We tend to look at the number of miles we run and maybe the intensity at which we run it and ignore everything else we do. But all that other stuff matters. Fatigue is cumulative. Let's look at triathletes. The world's best triathletes will run times that are close to world class after having hammered their bodies in a swim and an intense bike ride. However, their weekly running mileage is nowhere near that of a world-class runner. But they are getting the cardiovascular benefit of all the hours on the bike and in the pool. They don't need to run as many miles because part of the benefit of running high mileage is built into the other things they do. Just as those other activities can affect the running portion of their race, all the things we do can influence our running. Even running variety can affect us. I recently ran four races in four days. Two of those races were similar to each other, but the other two were very different from them. Since each of the races used muscles in slightly different ways, 
two things happened. One, I was able to run four intense races in four days. And two, I was incredibly tired. And overall recovery is much slower than a normal race because I was able to fatigue my legs way more completely. Since the 5K required a sustained maximal effort and then the steeplechase required short bursts of power but less demand in between those explosive moments, I was able to run them on back-to-back days successfully. But it also meant an overall deeper, deeper level of fatigue. The lesson for all of us is that we should always look at our training plans in context. If you work at a highly physical job, for example, you may be getting a little extra training effect from it, and you should take that into account when looking at overall training. If you work at a desk all day, you are at risk of shortening muscles because you may not be getting a high range of motion throughout the day. If so, you would need to stretch more to make up for that lack of motion. And there are thousands of other ways to affect your running outside of your daily training. The bottom line is that everything we do can affect everything else we do. We should look at everything in totality when we consider how well our training is going, and we should also plan around those things that are likely to make us more fatigued. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Paul is answering a question posed by the Corinthians. He's explaining that we must put things in context. Although it was legal to eat the food sacrificed to idols, Paul was saying he wouldn't eat it because it could cause someone else to look at what he was doing in a different light. He reasoned that the confusion he could cause in others could lead them away from God. For that reason, he would rather eschew the eating of sacrificed meats sacrificed meat. He was putting his actions in the context of the situation and wanted to ensure that everything he did pointed people in the direction of the cross. What we do can affect the lives of others. We may like to compartmentalize what we do, but it all goes together. I talked with a friend recently who was sore from swinging a golf club all day, something he didn't do regularly. It didn't matter that the activity was separate from his running. It made running more difficult. There was a short-term negative impact. There are other times when the physical work that we do every day can have a positive impact on what we do. The physical nature of a UPS driver will probably strengthen the core similar to the way exercise can. Remember, everything you do affects everything else you do, and what we do can affect the way others see Christ. We may want to compartmentalize our faith, but we simply can't. We should live life according to 1 Corinthians 10.31, simply to honor God. But there is another reason, too. People are watching what you do, and it has an impact on how they see the gospel. It all goes together, doesn't it? That's a great story, Dean. Yeah, I think when we try to compartmentalize our faith, we get in trouble. Yeah. Um, You know, we wrote, I think it was... Was it the second volume? No, it was the first volume of the 5K Challenge. I wrote a, a chapter. It's called Pancakes and Waffles. I remember that. And uh, it was talking about this fact that so many times, and I'm this way probably more than you because I am a planner. I want everything to be in its own section. But when we try to do that with the love of God, and we, we just want it to be right here, it it, it doesn't work. We, we need to let Christ run all over us like, syrup on a pancake and mm-hmm. not and, and yeah I mean because people are watching us that when we try to compartmentalize we have we have our church life and we have our other life that's where the term hypocrite starts mm-hmm. sneaking in on us 
Yeah. And we've got to understand we you can't you can't put God in a box. As much as we try to and would like to sometimes, it can't be done. He's gotta overflow your whole life for you to be effective as a Christian. Yep, yep. How many times have we said it, you know, that, that people are watching mm-hmm. what we do and uh and it's it's important. I know sometimes we think God is watching. Um and that's important, obviously. But it's just as important to remember that we can lead people in the wrong direction if we're taking action that is anti, is, is against what God would have us to well, do. That's, that's what I tell my boys all the time. You know, it's probably the most important thing you can do in life is protect your testimony. Number number one, become a child of God and then protect that testimony because it's just like trust. It's It takes years and years and years to build that. Yeah testimony to be, to become a person of God as the world would see you. Yeah. You can't say that. You can't speak that into existence. That's something but it only takes a moment for it to go away by one boneheaded action and so yeah, I mean protect your testimony. Just one word of caution though. Oftentimes when you start talking about how one thing affects everything else, don't use those things as excuses either. Right, because that's easy to do too. It's easy. Give you a good example, Debbie. um, She, I'm so proud of the last several months. She has, she gets in her steps Mm -hmm. every single day, and she'll get up at lunchtime from her desk, and she'll go walk in circles. Mm -hmm. She goes outside and she walks and walks and walks, and uh, she gets. Of course, she has company. The dogs with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flojo walks with her as well. But, but she gets out there and she walks in between things when she's got time when she can find time and it, it's it's helping her tremendously um, but a lot of people make excuses and would be like well I'm busy all day mm-hmm. well she's busy all day but she's still finding time to, to do it right you know um, she'll she'll sometimes she may she may take something to eat out there with her and eat it while she's while she's going it kind of reminds me back with that Dean Carnassus interview saying yeah. between meetings he would be doing burpees. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just don't make excuses. That's right. No excuses. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. So we're back, and we're going to beat this drum one more time. This January, we want everybody listening to this podcast, whether you think you can or you think you can't, whether you think you're qualified or you think you're not qualified, whether you think you're a great runner or you're not a great runner, whether you think you're a theologian or you're not a theologian, you can lead a Couch to Marathon Challenge, starting with the Couch to 5K this January. I'm going to go a little further. All right. I'm going to say this. If you've been part of the run club, not only can you, you should. 
You should. You should. Absolutely. You should do it. Yes. This is all about reaching people with the gospel. Amen. Period. Every single challenge that we put out there, the 5K, the 10K, the half, the marathon, we present the gospel. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's right. The running is simply a tool in the toolbox. That's right. It can be... That's why I love ministries. That's why I love outdoor ministries. That's why I love sewing ministries. Every, everything can become a ministry because you can use anything within reason. You can use anything to bring people to the foot of the cross because the gospel can go over anything. Well, and this one's even better because I would argue that running is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Sure. So it's physically. It's timeless. That's right. You don't have to be and, young. And everybody can do it. Right. We've had classes six to, six to 86, right. right? I mean, it's, you know, it's everybody can do it. And and we've had classes that are two people, and we've had classes that are 200 people. Yep. You, you can make a difference in your community, and we are challenging you. Let me go back to exactly how we say it. We are challenging you. What was the cha- coaching coaching the marathon challenge challenge? <laughs> We're going to get that down path. <laughs> coaching the marathon challenge challenge. We want you. You don't have to do anything today, except pray about it, think about it, talk to your family about it, talk to your church about it. Say, hey, I want to do this really crazy thing, and take a bunch of people through a five k, ten k, half marathon, a marathon next year, and I want to do it at our church. And you will be changed as much or more than every one of your students because Amen. of this process. Amen. Amen. All right. Are, are you tired of this virus thing? I'm tired the, of it. I'm just I'm I'm, over it. I'm, I'm over it. I want to. I want to. I want to get to the other side. Um, and you know, now the the word is now that here here's what you're going to do. You're going to be vaccinated one way or another. You're either going to get the vaccination or you're going to get the virus. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of thinking I've got COVID all the time. The other night, I was, uh, I love to keep our house freezing cold at night. Holly has like blankets on top of blankets in the bed, but I love, you just can't get it too cold. The other night, I woke up at like two in the morning absolutely freezing. So much that I had to go get a blanket and put it on top of me. And I remember laying there for an hour trying to go back to sleep thinking, I've got COVID. (laughs) I'm not normally this cold, and I'm cold, so I've got COVID. (laughs) I'm there with you. We've we've been practicing at Edwards Park, right, with the kids. And they've got that testing center right there at Edwards Park. Do you think it's floating in the air over there? No. Well, there have been a couple of times where I haven't felt good, and I'm like – Maybe I should go over there and go ahead and get tested just just to make sure that's not. Yeah, I mean, it's created all this paranoia. I know it. I know everybody. Man, I'll be glad to get. Yeah, the other day we were in. We went to Long Beach, California, for a late race with Lane. So I was drinking coffee out there, which is hotel coffee, which is not my normal uh, Costco Keurig, you know, the good stuff. (laughs) But I drink the same coffee every day. So I'd been out there for a week drinking different coffee, and I come back. And I got my first cup of coffee at home, and I'm like, this tastes different. Do I have COVID? 
Because, you know, they talk about the taste. Things will taste different or yeah. you lose your taste. It's, yeah. it's like 10 times in probably the past two months I've thought I had COVID. Oh, my And goodness. I may who knows, I may have You may have at it, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. You just don't know. Because uh, it's funny how it's... I'm just how, ready to go back to a good old-fashioned sinus infection. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one of my one of my athletes has been terribly, terribly sick. You would think that somebody who's a, a young athlete, um, it wouldn't hit them very hard. But it's really weird the way it's. I still think it's in vitamins and minerals. I think there's some mineral or vitamin deficiency that is the biggest culprit to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's just my. I don't have any proof of that. There is no study that pr- that proves that. Doctor Dean says. So. But if you hear it in the future. Here's, just remember that you heard it here first. first. That's right. All right, trivia question for this week. Who is typically taller, an elite 100-meter runner or an elite 100-meter swimmer? And why is there a difference? I'm pretty sure I know this. Yeah, I bet you do. I'm pretty sure I know why there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. But if you have the answer to that question and you want to answer it and you want a run club box. Now, these run club boxes are pretty cool. Because there's a T-shirt, there's a mug, there's a book, it's a sticker. There's all sorts of stuff in this thing. And you want one of those if you haven't gotten one yet. Now, I get a lot of the same people answering trivia questions week after week, right? I'm ready to see every once in a while I get these new people that, that chime in. If you haven't answered one yet, answer this one. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and if send it. Know, take a guess. Yeah, and send it quickly. Because yeah. the first person to answer the question is the one that gets the prize. And they have to send it to dean at runforgod.com, not customer service at runforgod.com, not Facebook Messenger. Um, yeah, this is a good question. Yeah. I, I like this one. Yeah. I, I like the ones that make folks think. I've, got, I've had, a lot of, uh, had a lot of comments on that, that, that folks really like the, so, the trivia stuff. Expand on why is there a difference. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out your question there. Why why is there a difference in why is it advantageous for one to be tall and the other one to not be so tall? Okay, maybe I don't know this. I would argue it's Well, don't give any answers now. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a minute then. All right. All right. Every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, here's the reason why running is so awesome. Sweat. Now, hear me out. I know, because some people think of the word sweat, and it's like, oh, that's gross, or, oh, that means that's work, or or whatever. Sweat is liquid awesome. It is liquid awesome. And, you know, it's good for you health-wise, too, to sweat, because it it really does clean out your pores. Um, And if it doesn't, then don't tell me. Because I don't want to know. I'm assuming that it does. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's really amazing what the body can do. Because, you know, there's a lot of animals. You know, the reason why dogs pant like they do mm-hmm. is because that's sweat. they can't sweat like we, like we do. Pigs roll around in mud. Isn't, they can't sweat. Yeah. Isn't it better to sweat than roll around in mud? Or to walk that's around with gross. your or to run around with your tongue hanging out? I mean, that seems weird. So be glad you sweat. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Motivational thought of the week from C.S. Lewis. What a great author. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Mm-hmm. Well, we say that all the time. Run for God. We're not quite that way. Um, not, we're not quite as eloquent as C.S. Lewis And you can is. do both of those this January. That's right. And you can be a part of a lot of other people doing that. 
this January. Yeah. By coaching, leading, facilitating, instructing, whatever you want to call it, a couch to marathon challenge. Yep. Yep. So have you ever read the screw tape letters? I haven't. I've heard I've heard of it. You need to read the screw tape I letters. Read them. It's quick read. It's yeah. very very quick and it is Most of his books are pretty quick. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. Yeah. It is amusing and deep at the same time. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's really, really good. Really good stuff. Um, if you don't know the premise of the screw tape letters, screw tape letters are letters that are written to a, um, basically from the devil to one of his lower hirelings to try to figure out how to get somebody turned against God. Mm. And it's, uh, it's, it's very it's so applicable to today yeah most of those principles are timeless yes they are all right everybody's doing great keep it up may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light great job dean for more information about the run for god ministry go to runforgod.com If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.